Good morning and welcome to the podcast. Today we are talking to Valerie with Genuine Glow Wellness. Valerie has learned to live with osteoarthritis diagnosed in her 20s. So at an early age, she was able to overcome a lot of challenges with this and even became a rock climber. She's here to share her story now, how she went from being um, in pain with arthritis for many years, working as a nurse full of stress during COVID and learning to love life again and get into hobbies like hiking and rock climbing by solving some of the issues of her osteoarthritis. She now helps other women to do the same. Welcome, Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Thanks so much for joining me today here on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. So can we begin by getting a bit of a backstory, maybe what led you um, into the work that you're doing today? Okay. Yeah. So um, I was uh, diagnosed with osteoarthritis when I was 27. And at that time, um, so this was um, 48 now, so it's over 20 years ago. At that time, you know, my doctor, she did x-rays and she looked at the x-rays and then, you know, just told me I had arthritis and said that I should just learn to put my feet up and relax. Um, so at the time I had just gotten into the outdoors, I started hiking and I was just starting to actually backpack and I really, you know, I really fell in love with that. Um, I grew up, I had a very difficult childhood. Um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home and the outdoors was very healing to me. So like I needed to be outside, I needed to hike. Um, so, you know, basically I, I rejected what she told me and I continued on my way and I just, you know, dealt with the pain. Hmm. So this same theme would come up um, several times over the past 20 years, you know, my knees would act up and I would go to a doctor and they would do x-rays. You know, I think at one point I was in just in denial so much that I even forgot that diagnosis. And I would go to the doctor and, you know, I was certain I tore something or twisted or pulled and they would say, oh, it's osteoarthritis. There's nothing to do. Um, You know, just wait until you can get a knee replacement someday, or you're old enough to get a knee replacement. And then um, I broke my ankle. I started rock climbing in there. And um, very soon into starting, um, when I started rock climbing, I was kind of too in love with it and went a little too fast and fell and shattered my ankle. And um, that definitely aggravated things. And I developed osteoarthritis in that ankle. Shortly after, uh, I was told... 10 years and it happened in less than two. Oh, wow. Um, again, nothing to do. Uh, wait until the replacement. You know, I used to hold on to that hope that someday the ankle replacements would advance enough that I could get an ankle replacement and be able to hike again. Cause there was a point where I, I could barely hike anymore. I was rock climbing was a little better, but I definitely was you know, searching for the answer with the ankle and that ankle kind of completely overshadowed my knee for many years. Uh, Taught me though, it taught me many things. So breaking the ankle, I was disabled for two years. I had uh, nerve damage, blood vessel damage. It was a really bad break. Uh, um, I was a nurse 
So it really taught me what it was like to be a patient, um, you know, what it's like to actually navigate the healthcare system as a patient. Um, it also taught me to care for myself, right? So I that was, it kind of forced the issue. And then a few years after that, the knee uh, caught up and I got to a critical point with the knee where I started to uh, research what I could do with me. And I found out a lot and I've improved greatly over the past couple of years. Um, I feel better now than when I was first diagnosed. And um, just from implementing what I've learned from the research and I see people are still being told the same thing I was told 20 years ago. So I'm very inspired to help other women with osteoarthritis adopt uh, the lifestyle that will help them improve their symptoms and live their best life. Okay, great. Actually, could we um, just kind of backpedal a little bit and explain to us what osteoarthritis actually is? Because people may not be aware of what it is. So osteoarthritis. Now, um, actually, let's talk about what it isn't first. Okay. Because historically or traditionally, it's been called a wear and tear disease mm. or a degenerative disease um, where it's just the movement of the joint is causing it to wear down. Which, you know, really the other day I was thinking about that. How stupid is that? <laughs> but, um, you know, more recently and really only over the past 20 years or so, uh, it's been discovered that it really it's an inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. So it, it might start with a tweak, but something tr triggers the, inflam uh, the inflammation or the inflammatory response. And it's actually the inflammation and chemicals that leads to the uh, breakdown of the cartilage in the joint, but it's not just the cartilage, it's also uh, the entire joint. So the entire joint structure is involved. Um, oh, okay. It is the most common form of, ar of arthritis and it's a leading cause of disability worldwide. Uh, it's often swept under the carpet and seen as a normal part of aging. That's a another myth. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, most common symptom is pain, uh, followed by stiffness. And it can vary um, from just slight pain, like I had when I was 27, to uh, severely limiting, which I've also experienced. Yeah, you um, were really young when you were diagnosed. So that kind of you know proves the, that theory wrong, that it's just yes. a natural part of aging. Yes, and a lot of, you, you see that more and more. Uh, people in their 30s, 20s is really young, but seeing a lot of people in their diagnosed in their 30s, so like around 34. Mm -hmm. um, it can occur in just one joint, uh, but it can also occur in multiple joints, which I am finding out. <laughs> yeah, inflammation can do a lot, right? We're finding out so many things that are due to inflammation. If we can just yeah. find ways to keep that down. Um, yes, is that something thinking... that you have? Go ahead. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Are there ways that you have found to kind of keep the inflammation at bay? Has that been something that has worked for you? Oh, yes. Um, that, you know, is really has been my main thing that I've been doing, uh, but it's very much multifocal. It's not just one thing. Uh, you see a lot of people focus on just diet. Uh, Anti-inflammatory diet is a big mm -hmm. buzzword out there, which I'm trying to get away from because 
there's a lot of variations of the anti-inflammatory diet and some of them are, are really crazy and kind of hard to follow. But um, the big factors that can play a role in inflammation diet is a big one. Um, there's a lot of foods that really can lower inflammation. Like there really is a, a medicine chest out there of vegetables and fruits and grain, whole grains and healthy foods that have chemicals in them that can lower inflammation in the body. Olive oil is one. And then there's also foods that can trigger inflammation and cause it to spike. So uh, sugar is a big mm -hmm. one. Um, trans fats, saturated fats, processed meats, uh, stuff like that. So diet modification is a big way to lower inflammation. Um, exercise is also very important, movement and exercise. So exercise is important if you have osteoarthritis to move the joints, um, keep the joints moving, keep synovial fluid, uh, washing over your joints because that's how uh, waste gets removed and how those anti-inflammatory chemicals get in there but it also has a, an effect on the entire body. So it lowers inflammation in the body as a whole. Uh, so it's important to move. Uh, weight management is also important. Uh, there's always been a strong correlation between osteoarthritis and uh, you know, overweight or obesity. And that's all, they've always taken a wear or tear approach to that, that you have more weight. So it's gonna cause right. more wear on your joints. But actually, they're finding out now that it's actually because of inflammation. Uh, fat cells are active tissues. The cells uh, put out a lot of pro-inflammatory chemicals, and it increases inflammation in the body as a whole. So, and that inflammation then in turn attacks your joints, but it also explains the, you know, negative effect that having excess fat has on the body as a whole. So you, it contributes to a lot of, of health problems. Uh, stress yeah. management is also important. Uh, stress, and this was pretty much, uh, was like the turning point for me was a lot of stress and it was brought on by uh, COVID. Mm. Um, that piled on top of everything else uh, really caused my, joint pain to increase. And I saw my dreams slipping away. So that was the big turning point for me was that COVID stress, but stress can, you know, directly contribute to inflammation in our bodies. And there's um, the obvious stress when people know that they're stressed, but there's also covert, covert stress that it exists. And I see that a lot where people don't even think they're stressed, but they're stressed. It's yeah, almost I've... like they're, they're addicted to it. Right. I've just from doing all of these interviews, hearing the way stress manifests in the body with these just kind of odd illnesses that come up too that are unexplainable. Yeah. Um, it just seems to be something that's rampant now, yeah, especially well, with women. What's interesting is way, way, way back hundred years or more when they first uh, looked at started looking at rheumatoid arthritis, mm -hmm. the original, like one of the original big researchers on rheumatoid arthritis said it was due to stress. Mm. And now we're coming back around to that, that a lot of these autoimmune uh, diseases may in fact be triggered uh, by stress, or at least stress plays a significant role in their um, de develop initiation and development. All right. So self, you said that self-care, of course, is part of 
is something that's important to you. Can you talk about how self-care plays a role in your own healing? Yeah. So self-care, I mean, it's all, it's all self-care when it comes to osteoarthritis, you know, especially in the beginning or in the earlier stages, you know, a lot of people go to the doctor and the doc, like me, and the doctor sends you away. There's nothing that they can do for you. Well, there's nothing that they can do for you. They could probably educate you on the self-care that you could do for yourself. Uh, I would love to see that. Uh, but, you know, you do see this now coming out, you know, osteoarthritis self-management programs, what they could also be called osteoarthritis self-care programs you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your diet, prioritizing your health is so important. You know, making sure you get the meal prep done, that you do the planning, that you set yourself up for success with the diet on a, a, I, on a weekly basis. I, I believe that's a lot easier to do that. The stress management, making sure you pay attention to your stress. I actually did a poor job at that this week. I've had some technological issues and um, little triggers that I've done a lot of work. And now I know these are triggers, uh, mm -hmm. but I can recognize that now, but taking the time, really just five minutes of like a, a mindful breathing exercise or something like that to, to bring down those stress levels, bring down that cortisol so that it's not triggering inflammation. So, you know, adding stuff like that into your self-care toolkit, uh, prioritizing sleep is very important. Uh, a lack of sleep or poor sleep, just one night of bad sleep can cause inflammation uh, levels to, to spike and can increase uh, joint pain. And, you know, making sure that you exercise, all that is, is self-care. Yeah, I, I, you know, try to practice all of those things myself. And of course, I started a business just based on self-care with actual products and things like that, too. So it's really important for all of us. Yes, for, you absolutely. know, so that stress stays down. So I'd actually like to hear um, about your rock climbing. I find it fascinating that you're all of the things that you've done with that. So that uh, obviously that's part of your exercise routine, too. But can you talk about that, how you got into rock climbing and what you've done with that? Yes. So. I hiked for several years. I was really into hiking and I never thought I would like rock climbing. Like it didn't, I don't just didn't appeal to me. And then I wanted to start hiking uh, bigger mountains, big mountains, you know, like Denali or gee, I can't remember the other name of it. Well, I definitely wouldn't know because I won't be hiking any, yeah, well, any mountains soon. <laughs> it's the tallest mountain in, in the United States and okay. the indigenous name is Denali, but a lot of people. I only it. know that name. Yeah. Okay, good. good. I think they've gone back to that yeah. name, but it was named oh, McKinley. It was Mount McKinley. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Back okay. to um, yeah, Denali. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do big mountains. Um, I did get out and I did. It's something in the Cascades. I took a course um, and I summited uh, Mount Baker, which was amazing. But I came home and I'm like, you know, we I need to know these rope skills because like on the glacier and when you're climbing up ice, you need to use a rope. So it's like, let's start rock climbing. And my boyfriend was like, we was, he was into it. So we, uh, we went to the rock climbing gym a couple times and we're I got hooked. Um, mm -hmm. It was like I was waiting my whole life uh, to rock climb. 
and it's um I think it's really helped me I think it's really good for my body um you know I think that exercise is very important but also you know when you move your body when you're rock climbing um you're moving it in real many many different ways it's it's a dance mm-hmm. and it really uh stretches things out it I think it hits probably hits every muscle you know like a for example uh, just a couple of months ago we were going to do this climb uh called great red book and it's you know there's there's these climbs that you like aspire to and they scare you a little bit they frighten you a little bit you're not sure if you're good enough and then finally I got the confidence and the courage and I thought I was good enough to go uh lead this climb and that morning I woke up and my ankle was a little stiff yeah. and we were headed out there and this was with my uh, boyfriend and he said something to me, he says, oh, you're limping. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be okay. I'm fine. See, so I know enough about my body. I've had to learn to, to really know what my body is trying to tell me. And I mm-hmm. said I would be fine and I knew I was going to be fine. And we went and we did the climb and I did great on it. Uh, It was amazing. It lived up to the hype. You know, everyone says it's a great climb. And then on the way out, I wasn't limping because Hmm, in the process of climbing, I stretched it out. I stretched everything out. You know, you're focused on the climb and you're not focused on the pain. It kind of, I mean, there's definitely a level of pain that cuts through the focus. And I've had that happen, but so you're stretching things out where maybe you wouldn't be if you weren't climbing. So mm-hmm. it definitely helps. And uh, there's also a huge mental aspect of, to climbing and hiking, but also my love for them because they've really encouraged me to keep fighting. Yeah. Well, um, amazing. And definitely you know, when things have gotten bad and I've, yep. And I've hit in low points. Um, that fear of losing that has been what has kept pushing me forward, uh, kept me searching for answers, uh, not only about osteoarthritis, but what I had to do mentally and spiritually to make the choices that I needed to do that would continue to allow me to rock climb and hike. Because one of my big issues throughout my journey has been uh, making the right choices. So knowing what to do and doing them are two different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I carry a lot of uh, emotional baggage from my childhood that would affect my ability to make the best decisions for myself. So I've also had to to work on that. Hmm. So the the other thing I wanted to ask about was your work as a nurse. You um, You worked as a nurse for some time and throughout COVID, that was particularly challenging and I'm sure caused a lot of stress at a whole different level for you. Can you talk about how that moved you into a whole different line of work, the coaching that you're doing? Okay. Well, so I was working as a nurse. I was actually in an administrative role uh, during when COVID started. Um, I was a clinical nurse educator and I was also an employee health nurse. So I think you probably see where this is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had a uh, infection control background and they really took full advantage of, 
of that sure. at my job. Um, and they just really tried to uh, suck me dry. And I was working 65 hours a week. I was basically managing all the employees of the company who not only were, had COVID, but had the symptoms and were being tested. And I had to clear people to go back to work. So there was also an emotional toll. I mean, yeah. in one month, I had over a hundred people tested positive for COVID and people were landing in the hospital. And I was on, on this was the, that December, it was really bad. And um, people were calling me on Christmas that they'd just been admitted to the hospital. And then meantime, the news is on, on the TV and you're hearing about how people don't believe it's even happening. And, and just, it, it was such, it was just a, a massive amount of stress. Uh, my joints were all aching. My hair was falling out. And, you know, just coming out in clumps. Um, I was emotional eating all the time. I, it was, I was putting on weight and it was a very hard decision uh, because I really craved that financial security, mm -hmm. first of all, uh, but also because of, of all the messages about COVID, you know, you'd see the the images on the news about the other healthcare workers and how much they were putting in. And, you know, I felt like I have to, I have to leave this job, but I'm abandoning me, mm -hmm. my, my brothers and sisters in the field. Um, but I really had to make that decision for my health. Um, and then I ended up uh, leaving. And when I left, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And really for the first Gee, I want to say six months. I, I dabbled at things, but I really was focused on healing myself mm -hmm. and um, getting my getting myself back to a point where uh, I felt like I was going to be able to pursue my rock climbing dreams again because I really felt like those that they were slipping away. Uh, so I started to dive into that research uh, more earnestly than I had in the past. And also, uh, but also the research on the mindset and the motivation and, and how people change. And it almost just started happening naturally. You know, I started making changes and I started to feel like I had something to offer with this information because at the same time, I'm still seeing all this old information on social media, you know, on the internet, even doctors still posting on social media that it's wear and tear and the only thing you can do is a knee replacement. Right. And I just had this inspiration that I needed to start um, helping other people. Um, I started with helping other women because I think a lot of the, there's some unique emotional needs there. Uh, mm -hmm. But I definitely have been, even right now, reaching out to men and trying to help them as well. Well, good. So, I mean, it's kind of come full circle. I think it's great when you can use one of the challenges that you've had in your life to turn it around and help other people with it. So one of the questions I ask everyone I interview is, what has been your greatest challenge leading up to what you are doing today? And on the flip side, what has been your greatest joy? So, hmm.
Uh oh, did we lose sound? I'm sorry. Oh, I thought we lost sound for a second. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. It was um, my greatest challenge and probably also my greatest joy has been dealing with that um that feeling of less than mm -hmm. right that you're and this something that comes out of my childhood but it also is something that I have uh dealt with with the osteoarthritis because I I get out with people I get out with people who are uh older than me who don't have the same challenges that I do um you know I someone who I climb with I want to say she's 65 and I can't keep up with her when she's hiking so then that starts to set in that oh I'll never be good I'll never mm -hmm. be good enough I have this you know I hike with I uh, climb with other women and this how much more flexible they are because they don't have arthritis in their mm -hmm. knee um but then at the same time I also you know maybe I my accomplishes accomplishments feel a little bit more meaningful because I have these hurdles to sure. overcome and I and I do overcome them um it's pretty you know amazing when I think about where I've come from and the times I've had to turn around and the times I couldn't do something and now I can yeah so that is it's really such a fulfilling uh feeling to overcome a challenge like that yep so from the challenges come the joy which is great uh, any books you would recommend to someone maybe who is newly diagnosed um you know maybe even someone who is younger and getting this somewhat devastating diagnosis right um something that helped you along the way in your own healing path so um you know I haven't even I haven't really found any osteoarthritis books that I really like. Uh, I admit I haven't looked at many. Mm -hmm. um, most of the knowledge that I have I have gained, I've gotten it directly from scientific research mm -hmm. um, or from professional sources. I'm very happy to say you're seeing this new information come out into the uh, mainstream of you know medical knowledge sources uh more and more i just mm -hmm. had a medscape that came out last week i was so happy to see it but um there have been books that have really helped me with a uh, mindset mm -hmm. and um the spiritual part of this journey sure and a big one of those is uh is fulfilled fu fulfilled Mm -hmm. by Renee Steven, Steve, Renee Stevens, sorry. Uh -huh. Um, you know, I don't subscribe to everything in the book, but when I read it, it was really life-changing for me. You know, it's a, a book about overcoming emotional eating, but it was the uh, first time that I ever really looked at my childhood and the effects that it had on my, not only um, mental state, but physical state. Um, so it really opened my eyes. It's funny. I remember there was a group associated with it. I don't think it even exists anymore, a Yahoo group. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend and she was talk, she was really overweight. Um, you know, like 300 and something. And we were talking back and forth. And then she was talking about her childhood about how there was yelling and screaming and throwing things and physical abuse and 
I was like, wait, wait, I felt so sorry for her. And then I was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. that's the house I grew up in. Yeah. So it really opened my eyes that to the mental and the spiritual and the, and the body, how it's all connected um, and how my childhood was affecting me as an adult. So that really started a journey and, you know, to heal that and which I think really helped me with tying that all into the, you know, helping the osteoarthritis. And then, you know, along those same lines is also um, a book on complex PTSD. It's a complex PTSD from surviving to thriving by Pete Walker. And that's also a great resource. And I really, so there is a correlation. Um, There's been studies and, people who have experienced adverse childhood, uh, adverse childhood events or, uh, you know, had abuse when they were a child, have a greater chance of developing osteoarthritis as an adult. Really? Yes. So I I really think it's something to look into. And this might be a good book because like I was in denial until my eyes were opened. And maybe if someone has osteoarthritis, it's something to look at you know, look at your tendencies and because it's not just the obvious abuse, the hitting, but it's the emotional neglect. Um, Parents who told you, you know, the stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about Mm -hmm. or, you know, didn't allow you to express your emotions. That's the uh, original wound, Um, not being able to, to be yourself, not being able to express your true emotions and that you, you learn to suppress that and you don't let it out, well, it stays in and it causes inflammation and it attacks your joints. And right now I I just started reading, um, it's a Gabor Mate book and he's got a lot of books. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of known Mm -hmm. in this area and it's uh, when the body says no, exploring a stress disease connection. And I've read a couple chapters of that book and it really has some good good promise in it. So I'm excited to dive into that more. Well, great. You gave us some really good recommendations. And I'm sorry that you experienced the childhood that you did, because obviously kids should never have to. Um, but I think sharing these stories really will help others who are coming through it too. Yeah. And I think it's, it made me who I am and mm-hmm. people don't like when they see that said, but mm-hmm. right. This, this is, and now here I am and I'm able to help other people. Yeah. And, that's wonderful, I think. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. So where can we find you online for someone who wants to connect and um, get in touch with you, maybe um, use some of the resources that you have to offer? Okay. So I have a, um, a website and that's um, my name of my business is Genuine Glow Wellness. So that's um, genuineglowwellness.com. You can find me there. I'm doing some updates to the website, but coming up real soon, it'll be really easy to contact me through there. And then I also have a Facebook group. Uh, we're 400, almost 400 women strong, and it's uh, women with arthritis. So that's on uh, a you know Facebook group, but you can find it on Facebook group. Um, anyone can always just send me a a friend request or a message on Facebook and I can help you find it. Perfect. 
Well, thank you so much, Valerie. This has been really insightful and informative, and I've enjoyed talking to you today. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoy talking with you. Of course.